0: 10 Minute Talks, a podcast in which the world's leading professors explain the latest thinking in the humanities and social sciences in just 10 minutes. It's all about disease at the moment. The R-rate is about 1.1. There are currently about 33,000 infections a day, but we might be looking at 50,000 by the 19th of July and 100,000 later in the summer. Guardianistas are up in arms about this, perhaps rightly, because if we acted differently, it could be avoided. Or could it? I'm Jane Lightfoot, Professor of Greek Literature at the University of Oxford and a Fellow of the British Academy. And I'm going to talk about disease, although mostly not infectious disease, or at least not acute pandemic disease. I'm a classicist, and I'm coming at this from the unusual angle of an unusual group of texts. Not Hippocrates or Galen or one of the better-known classical medical writers, but a corpus of divinatory texts, which is very, very interested indeed in what is going to happen to you and what is going to harm you, how you will suffer and how you will die. Specifically, I'm going to talk about ancient astrology, Now, why even bother with something so harebrained? The answer is that if you can think your way past the bonkersness of it, which is considerable, what it represents is not the curated words of a senator or a member of the elite, but something that has been averaged away by the narrative voice of astrology into a set of norms and motifs and cultural patterns that everybody could relate to let's be clear this was a craze that swept the Roman Empire um, the period of texts that I'm going to be talking about is approximately the second to fourth centuries AD so the whole thing is in fact a modest exercise in social and intellectual history and everybody had a stake in this stuff from the trash of juveniles Rome to emperors who trembled at the implications of what was written in the stars And let's also be clear to believers, astrology did not seem at all bonkers. It wasn't lunatic fringe, it wasn't QAnon. If you accepted the premise that stars are correlated with the seasons, which demonstrably affect animal and vegetable life, then it wasn't at all obvious that they didn't affect human life as well. If even the great Ptolemy, he of the Almagest, thought this, which he did, who were the rest of us to disagree? So, back to disease. What astrology gives us are not the thoughts of an eminence in the field. Uh, The way it treats disease is plausibly the way the man in the street thought about it. It doesn't deal with epidemic diseases um, in the main, not because they weren't feared, but because its perspective is long durée and fatalistic. This is what you were born to. In fact, there are two kinds of astrology, one of which deals with precisely this, what you were born to. The other one deals with day-to-day pragmatism, so it will tell you whether it's a good idea, whether it's auspicious to go on a journey or to self-medicate or to have an operation on a particular day. And as a matter of fact, if you did happen to fall ill of the plague that Roman troops were bringing back from Mesopotamia in and after AD 165, It could tell you whether you were going to die of it depending on where the moon was in a particular sign when you took to your bed. But what I'm talking about are the foreseeable diseases, not the ones that came from no one knew where and nobody had a name for when they did appear. I'm talking about the familiar ones, the endemic ones, which it was plausible to ascribe to a child born under a particular setup of malevolent stars just because everybody knew unfortunates like these people, and why should we ourselves not be susceptible to exactly the same ailments? What is particularly interesting about these diseases, as opposed to the sudden waves of infectious disease that nobody understood and nobody knew how to classify, is that they're is in antiquity a kind of cultural horizon of expectation about what you would suffer from, what mankind in general was heir to. Now we have a horizon of expectation, of course. uh, We know from our own mortality statistics, or at least we knew before COVID, that the overwhelming likelihood is that we will die of one of the three big killers, cardiovascular disease, cancer, or one of the neurodegenerative diseases of old age they didn't in the ancient world and they didn't because they didn't live long enough some of the diseases the astrologers latch on to are indeed infectious there are clear descriptions of pulmonary tuberculosis almost as precise as in medical texts themselves we hear about coughing blood we hear about Um, Emaciation, we hear about the um, inability to thrive no matter how much food one ingests. Uh, We also hear about leprosy. They're particularly interested in eye conditions, uh, many of which were infectious, not that they necessarily knew that. And the degree of interest in eye conditions reflects what a bane they must have been in a world which had no remedies, even for the banal problem of short sight. But in general, they latch onto what they do latch onto, not because of what causes it, but because of its visibility. They have no idea of the agency of disease, except they have a kind of Bastardized version of humor theory, the idea of hot and cold and wet and dry constitutions. So the wet and cold planet Saturn works on you to make you prone to dropsies and gout and rheumatism. But the main principle of selection um, in what they decide to include is what produces dramatic visual effects, skin diseases that cause the sufferer to flake and peel or go red and raw. Leprosy, which they call elephantiasis because of its coarsening of the skin. They even note how it makes digits stumpy and eventually how they fall off. Dropsy, because of spectacular swelling. One text describes a man as pregnant with his own death, a metaphor which we also happen to find in the Church Father Jerome. One suspects that When they talk about dropsy, what they mean is ascites, which is an effect of cancer. But it is characteristic that they don't actually have a word for cancer, but they do describe the visual effect it produces. Above all, they return again and again to epilepsy and to other diseases that produce dramatic muscular effects, spasms, paralysis, loss of consciousness, violent involuntary effects. And it's particularly interesting that the classical astrological texts do this. They're written in Greek and Latin. Many of the Greek ones are written in Egypt, although, as I say, the world of astrology was empire-wide. It's particularly interesting that they do this because this is also precisely the thought world of the Gospels. The paralytic and the dropsical man and the epileptic are precisely the sufferers who were brought to Jesus to cure so, however extraordinarily divergent they are in genre and cosmology, their authors have a very similar mental map or mental geography of disease. And they even have a similar understanding of it, too, because if Jesus drives out the demons that cause it, so too astrology manages to accommodate demons, even into a worldview where, in principle, Everything is caused mechanistically by the stars. Visually spectacular diseases do have a counterpart, however, and this is the mysterious category of hidden disease, which I haven't found anywhere other than in astrology. The vagueness and utter lack of specificity is telling. References to hidden disease simply hand wave at organs they name the heart lungs liver spleen kidneys and so on in a way whose complete resistance to analysis shows that analysis was not the point rather the point was precisely that the disease was hidden presumably if you were going to characterize um, categorize cancer at all this is how you would do it and astrology has a deep problem with anything that is hidden it talks about secret books hidden wealth The problem being that such wealth is not shared it is not circulated above all it has a problem with secretive people who keep their cards close to their chest and do not live by the ancient norms which require openness and transparency and scrutability by one's fellow man let's come back to covid wouldn't have interested them very much i don't think it doesn't make you swell up doesn't make your extremities fall off I think they would have been rather more interested if it had progressed to the stage of black fungus. But I think they would have been much more impressed by Ebola at the point where the patient starts hemorrhaging from eyes, ears, nose and mouth. They would have known exactly how to characterize that. In a trice they would have laid it at the door of the brutal and sanguinary planet Mars. On the other hand, faced with the problem of whether or not to unlock on the 19th of July, would have been able to consult their charts, see that the moon would be in the sign of Scorpio, and tell you that this would be a very bad idea indeed. They're very likely to have been right. Thanks for listening to this British Academy podcast. Please subscribe, share and rate this series from wherever you get your podcasts. For more events and conversations, please visit www.thebritishacademy.ac.uk or find and follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.